Amen. Why don't you just give the Lord another hand clap of praise right now? Amen. What an awesome presence of the Lord in the house of God today. Amen. Amen. Why don't we just lift up our hands right now and just welcome the Lord into this place right now. Come on, lift up your voice for just a second with me. Jesus, I love you and I thank you, God. God, I thank you for being here. Lord, I thank you for being here this morning. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Now, before we do anything else this morning, um, Karina is a friend of the Guevara family and uh, has terminal cancer. I know Brother Ryan went to pray for her yesterday, but I really believe in my spirit that God could heal Karina this morning. Man, do you believe that with me? I wonder if we could just lift up our hands right now and lift up her name and bring it before the Lord right now. Lord, in Jesus' name. Come on, Jesus is able in this house. He can heal her right now. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would touch Karina, that you would move in her body, that you would make a difference, that you would make the difference right now. Come on, just pray it in Jesus' name. There's power in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Why don't you just give the Lord a hand clap of praise and praise him in advance for what he is going to do. Amen. Amen. I give honor to our pastor this morning. I know that he's preaching in New York this morning. And uh, how many love your pastor? Amen. And what's, would you just help me pray for him that God would keep him safe in his travels and that he would use him in a mighty way. I give honor to this church. Bishop, I love you so much, brother and sister Cole. How many love your bishop? I just love my bishop. Give him honor. Give honor to our assistant pastor and to all the leadership of this church. And I want to give honor to my wife this morning. She is, she, when we take pictures, she says, well, I want to stand on this side because that's my better, better half. And, and I say, no, whichever side you stand on, that's going to be my better half. And, and uh, she, she really is everything to me, and I love her, and I give her honor this morning. If you have your Bibles, could you turn with me to Numbers chapter 13 and verse 1. Numbers chapter 13 and verse 1. And if you're there, can you say amen? And it says this, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan. Can you say Canaan? which I give unto the children of Israel. Which I give. Can you say he gave it? And skip down with me to Numbers 13, verse 33, all the way down at the end of the chapter. And it says, And there we saw the giants. Could you say giants? The sons of Anak, which come of the giants. Can you say giants? And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. I want to preach to you this morning on this subject, fee-fi-fo-fum. Can you say that with me? Fee-fi-fo-fum. 
Could you put your Bibles down and lift up your hands with me? And let's pray that God would move in this house right now. Come on, I'm asking that you would lift up your voice for just a minute. And a prayer warrior would lift up a voice of praise in this house. Clap your hands, lift your voice, shout unto God. It doesn't matter what you do or how you do it. I don't care if you dance backwards or forwards or sideways, left or right. However you praise God, go ahead and praise him right now. Because victory is in the house. And God is saying that victory is here and you ought to go ahead and praise me for it right now. However you do it, go ahead and praise him. However you like to praise him, it doesn't matter. Just go ahead and lift up your voice because victory is in the house. If you believe it, can you shout hallelujah? Hallelujah. Clap your hands one more time to the Lord as hard as you can and give him praise. And everyone said, in Jesus' name, you may be seated. Thank you for standing with me. The enemy will see us as we see ourselves. If the church of the living God views themselves as small, weak, and insignificant, then that is how our enemy will view us. The problem in Numbers chapter 13 is not how God viewed them. Or how their enemy viewed them. The problem was with how they viewed themselves. Can somebody say themselves? They were in their own sight as grasshoppers. And God has promised the children of Israel that they would have victory to take the land of Canaan. And the children of Israel had been delivered out of Egypt. They had seen the delivering power of God, they knew that God was powerful. They knew that God was a deliverer. They knew firsthand they had seen the miracles of Almighty God. And finally, after God had done all this, the Lord told Moses to send 12 spies into the land to see that the land was good and that the land was plentiful. Numbers 13 and 23 says, And they came unto the brook of Eskol and cut down thence a branch with one cluster of grapes, and they bear it between two upon a staff, and they brought the pomegranates and of the figs. And they told him and said, We came unto the land whither thou sentest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey. And this is the fruit of of it. Now for years I believed that they cut down the grapes and the figs and the pomegranates to bring back to Moses to convince the Israelites that the land was plentiful. But God began to deal with me with this verse concerning the scripture. You see, they didn't have to cut down the fruit to bring it to Moses to convince him of anything. Because God had already given Moses the promise. God had already given them the land. God said, this is the land of Canaan, which I give unto you. They didn't have to convince Moses. Moses was already convinced that this was the promised land that God had promised them. You see, they didn't cut down the fruit to bring it back and say that the land is plentiful to come into the land. They cut down the fruit because they had already determined in their mind that they were not going to go back. 
They had already determined that we're not going back to the land of giants, and they wanted a takeout menu. They wanted, a, they wanted to cut down the grapes and cut down the pomegranates because they wanted to enjoy the blessing of God without having to fight the giants. They wanted to eat the pomegranates on the outskirts of Canaan because they knew they had already determined they didn't have to convince Moses of anything. Moses had faith. Caleb had faith and Joshua had faith, but the 11 spies did not have faith. And so they said, let me get a takeout menu and let me take it to the outskirts and enjoy it out there. Let me tell you something. The church has got to be very careful when they're dining on a takeout menu, when God has given you the entire restaurant. The church has got to be careful when you're cutting down the blessings of God and taking it to go. When God says the order is for here the order is for now the order is for you somebody look at your neighbor and say you don't need a takeout menu because they had been listening to the voices of giants rather than the voice of God the Bible says very specifically that there were 12 There were 12 spies, and allow me to give you a quick pop quiz. How many here have heard of Joshua and Caleb? Just raise your hand for me. You've heard of Joshua and Caleb. Well, Caleb was one of the 12 spies, and we all know him. We all know him. But the Bible gives us names of the other 11. It says, Shamua, Shaphat, Egal, Oshia. Pauti, Gadiel, Gadi, Amiel, Sether, Nabi, Jeuel, and Caleb. You want to know why nobody else remembers the, uh, the other 11 names of the other spot? None of you know who Shamua is. None of you know who J. You don't know who these people are. You know why you don't know who they are? Because history never wants to remember those who say that we can't. Nobody wants to think of those who said that we can't. The reason that you know Caleb and that you know Joshua is because those are the ones that stood up and said, we can, we can, we can God has given us the land we should take it you don't need a takeout menu you can eat here and you can eat now if you believe that would you just clap your hands to the Lord right now nobody wants to listen to people who say you can't Nobody likes to sit around and listen to people who tell you everything that you're not able to do and that you're not capable of. Things that you're not good at. Well, guess what? There's a lot of things that I'm not good at and that I'm not capable of. But it's not about my capabilities. It's about Jesus' capabilities. And Jesus is able. And Jesus is willing Nobody remembers their names because they said we can't because they were the spies that returned and said four words that kept them out of the promised land. We be not able. Numbers 13 and 31 says, but the men that went up with him said, we be not able. 
to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. The truth is, is that people always say, why did God deliver the the Israelites out of Egypt just so that they could wander for 40 years? When the truth is, the 40 years started right here in Numbers 13 when they said, we are not able. The clock started ticking, and the 40-year-long alarm clock started counting down. Nobody remembers the 11 that say that we can't. Nobody will remember those that come back with the negative and never embrace the positive. But the reason that you remember Caleb is because Caleb stood up in Numbers 13 and 30, and Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it for we are well able to overcome it if you were to take out your wallet right now and pull out a dollar bill or a five dollar bill a hundred dollar bill glory to God hallelujah you would see the faces of different presidents and look closely because these are the faces of those who said we can do it, America. We can be who God has called us to be and go where God has called us to go. Abraham Lincoln said we can complain because rose bushes have thorns or rejoice because thorn bushes have roses. I said, I'm going to say that again. I said, I'm going to say that again. We can complain because rose bushes have thorns or rejoice because thorn bushes have roses. The problem with the church is not how God views us or how the enemy views us. The problem is with how we see ourselves. They were as grasshoppers in their own sight and so were they in the sight of their enemies. But I wonder if the church would stand up and shout with a loud voice that I know who I am and I know who I serve and his name is Jesus come on lift up your voice right now you need to view yourself I thank God for the rose bushes I thank God for the rose bushes you may be seated I thank God that the thorn bushes have roses That's how I choose to look at it when it comes to the promises of God. And those who believe the negative report never made it into Canaan. Numbers 32 and 11 says, Surely none of the men that came up out of Egypt from 20 years old and upward shall see the land which I swear unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob, because they have not wholly followed me. Save Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, the son of Nun. For they have wholly followed me. And it all went back to somebody who said, we can. We can. We can. 
the voice of the enemy. I wonder if you could close your eyes right now and just begin to speak the name of Jesus. I'm going to pray a prayer of faith over you right now. The enemy has been telling you for way too long about everything that you cannot do and everything that you are not capable of. And I wonder if you would lift up your hands right now and just call the name of Jesus. God's about to enable you and say that you can. God is about to enable you and say that you can. I feel in the Holy Ghost that God is trying to tell someone that you can trust me. Jesus is trying to help you trust him like you used to when you got out of Egypt, when you first got into church, and all it took was one giant between you and Canaan to say that you can't. If Jesus did it once, then he can do it again. If he can part the Red Sea, then he can take you into Canaan. If he can save you from the whip of the Egyptian and the slavery and the bondage and bring you into freedom you ought to lift up your voice and give God praise for it God has already given it just take it somebody look at your neighbor and pat him on the arm and say just take it just take it fee fi Foe, fum. I smell the blood of an Englishman. If he be alive or if he be dead, I'll grind his bones to make my bread. Many of us know that poem from the children's fairy tale, Jack and the Beanstalk. Most of us know and love the fairy tale, and Jack goes to town and he trades his milk cow for some magic beans. and. His mother grows angry at Jack, and he throw, she throws the beans on the ground and says, Jack, what have you done? That was our only income. She said, go to bed. Jack went to bed, and the next morning, Jack wakes up, and a giant beanstalk had grown into the sky. There's a couple spiritual lessons we can learn here from Jack's story. And the first thing is, is that when you're looking for spiritual blessings, the first place you need to go is up. The first thing you need to do is up. If God has given you a beanstalk, baby, go ahead and climb it. If God has given you a beanstalk, you know, don't just sit there and say, oh, it's too high. Oh, it's too scary. The direction is up. The direction of the church is forward and upward and onward. Can I get an amen? Can I get a hey? Oh, I believe it now. If God's given you a beanstalk, climb it. And everyone said, praise the Lord. If you're looking for a blessing, the first place you need to look is heaven. And Jack climbs the beanstalk into a castle in the sky. And when Jack goes into the castle, he sees all this gold and all the gold that him and his poor mother would ever need only to see that the castle in the sky was a home to giants. Fee, fi, fo, fum was the chant of the giants who swore to eat and destroy Jack. 
So Jack takes what, what is rightfully his, and he escapes with the gold. But not only does he go once, he goes twice, and he goes three times because he's saying, if there's more for me up there, praise God, I'm going to go get it for me. If there's... if. If God's got more blessings for you, you ought to go back again and again and again. There's some people in here. I'm going to preach for just a second right now. There's some people in here. You say you got the Holy Ghost. It's been 20 years since you spoke in tongues. You need God to fill you with the Holy Ghost again. You need God to give it to you again. If God's given you a beanstalk, you ought to climb it. If God's given you a blessing, you ought to take it. Why would I live on a little bit of Holy Ghost when God wants to give me a whole lot? Why would I live on a little bit of blessing when God wants to give me a lot of blessing? Why would I live on a little bit of faith when God can give me a lot of faith that can move a mountain and grow a beanstalk? Clap your hands to the Lord and give him praise if you want a whole lot. The giant says, hit the road, Jack. Don't you come back. No more. I think I, mean, I got that mixed up a little bit. I think it's in there somewhere. But hit the road, Jack. And he climbs down the beanstalk. But that didn't intimidate Jack. Fee, fi, fo, thumb. I smell the blood of an Englishman. Be he alive or be he dead, I'll grind his bones to make my bread. And the giants kept taunting, fee, fi, fo, fum. And the giants kept speaking, but Jack just kept on going. Jack just kept on getting the gold. Jack just kept on getting the blessing because the giant was all talk and no walk. The devil is all talk and he's no walk. You ought to go ahead and get it. You ought to go ahead and claim it. You ought to go ahead and take what God gave you first. This is the children of Israel, the land of Canaan, which I give unto thee. They were scared of a giant when God had given it to them first. It is the chant of the giant that wants to keep what God has rightfully given to you first. He wants to keep what God has given to you to possess. But I wish the church would stop listening to the voice of the negative spies that say, I can't. And I wish that they would stand and say, yes, we can. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. If God has given me a beanstalk, then I'm going to climb it. Could you clap your hands to the Lord right now and give him praise? Lift up your hands with me right now and lift up your voice. There are some mothers in here right now that the devil's trying to take your son. The devil's trying to take your daughter. You ought to say he gave them to me first. He gave them to me first and you can't have them. Come on, lift up your voice right now. If you believe it, victory is in the house right now. Victory is in the house. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, he gave it to me first. 
hospital, Talmadge and Julia, they run up and they want my cell phone. They want to play a game. And Talmadge will get the phone and Julia will say, it's my turn. And Talmadge says, oh, Julia, he gave it to me first. I wonder if the church would just stand up and say, you know what? God gave it to me first. You can't have what God has given to me. You need to have a heart of a child that takes possession of the blessings of God. He gave it to me first. Come on, clap your hands and praise God. He gave it to you first. He gave it to you first. God has given Canaan to the Israelites and no giant can stop that. No giant can stand between what God has given us. Second Samuel chapter 21 talks of four giants. But there's one in particular that I find very fascinating because the Bible gives us very peculiar description of this giant it says in 2 Samuel 21 and 20, it says that there was yet a battle in Goth where was a man of great stature that on every hand had six fingers and on every foot six toes, four and twenty in number. Somebody say 24. And he also was born to the giant. Can you say the giant? He had six fingers on each hand. He had six toes on each foot. And when he defied Israel, this is verse 21, and when he defied Israel, you ought to not, you, you ought to not mess with the children of Israel. You ought to not mess with the children of God. And when he defied Israel, Jonathan, the son of Shimea, the brother of David, slew him. This giant had to have better balance and a better grip than Jonathan, but that didn't matter because he defied Israel. He defied the children of God, and the bigger that they are, the harder that they fought. I said, the bigger the enemy of God, the harder that they fall. And it's like, God, why did you give us this crazy example, this crazy definition of this giant? Why do we have to know that he has six toes and, and six fingers? Well, don't hold me to Bible on this, but there was 24, and it's like the enemy was saying, it doesn't matter what hour of the day is. I got a finger and a toe for each one of them, but it's like God was saying, I don't care if you have a toe and a finger for each hour of the day, all 24 of them. God is able to deliver you 24-7 in the eyes of the giant's if you will view yourself. If you will view yourself as who God has called you to be. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, God's got the victory 24-7. 
God has got the victory for each hour of your day and for each hour of your night. I'm telling you that there can be joy in the evening time when you don't see anything else, when you can't understand anything else, when you feel like you're surrounded by giants. God is saying, if you'll just believe in me, if you'll say that you can, then I'll take care of the giants. If you'll believe in me, then I'll take care of the enemy. God has got the victory for you every hour of the day and every hour of the night. Could we all stand? I'm quickly coming to a close. There are two things that we know about giants. First, we know that giants, the enemies of God, are liars. Goliath told David that if David could kill him, that the Philistines would serve Israel. But when David killed Goliath, the Philistines ran. They didn't give themselves over into captivity like they said they would. I'm going to tell you, you cannot play games with the devil. He can lie to you. He can steal. He can lie. He can cheat. And he tries to negotiate with you and say, if you'll do this, then I'll give myself over. I'm telling you, the devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. You ought to not listen to his voice. You ought to not take heed to his voice. But clap your hands and give God praise because Goliath will be defeated. The enemy will be defeated. Somebody shout, the devil is a liar. They ran. And the Bible says that they ran after the Philistines and smote them because giant slayers aren't the hunted, they are the hunters. Giant slayers are not the hunted, they are the hunters. Some of y'all are being chased by devils when devils should be being chased by you. Some of y'all been so scared of the devil for so long, you've been running from him for so long. Hey, he not he shouldn't be chasing you. You should be chasing him. You should be defeating him. He should be running. I'll show you what I'm talking about. The Bible says that when they spoke the name of Jesus, the devils did what? They ran. They ran. When you speak the name of Jesus, the devils run from you. Giant slayers are not the hunted. They are the hunters. When you speak the name of Jesus, they're the ones who run. They're the ones who run. Somebody say yes. I wish I had some giant chasers right now. I wish I had some giant slayers right now. You've been chased by the devil for so long. You ought to say Jesus and just watch them run for the fun of it. You ought to say Jesus, just watch them run for the fun of it. I think it's funny when demons run. tell you something about myself I run kind of funny everyone's like oh 
nice. And I'm like, <laughs> that's kind of how I pictured the demons when they run away from God. They run kind of funny. The devils run kind of funny when they get in the presence of God. Demons run kind of funny when they hear the name Jesus. Demons run kind of funny. say yes secondly we know that giants laugh Goliath laughed and mocked David when he saw him you sent this dog to defy, to defy me you ever heard someone that laughs kind of funny no I'm just kidding I'm not going to go there I think demons laugh kind of funny. Come on, somebody say amen. <laughs> we know that they laughed because he mocked David. He laughed at David. Giants laugh. They'll laugh right in your face, sweetheart. Right in your face. And they'll make you feel so small. But the Bible says that David took five smooth stones, but he killed Goliath with just one. David was worried that he might miss, so he grabbed five. But he only used one because Jesus doesn't miss. The battle was the Lord's, not David's. And Jesus doesn't miss. God doesn't miss. David hit Goliath right in the head with the stone. Surely, the laws of physics, Goliath would fall straight back. But my favorite part about this story is in a very minute detail. It says how Goliath fell tells us how he fell. And see, in that time, to fall on your face was a sign of humiliation. If you were to die in battle, you were to try your hardest to fall on your back. You were to try your hardest to fall face up towards the heavens. It was considered humiliating to fall on your face. But 1 Samuel 17 and verse 49 says, And David put his hand in the bag and took a stone and sling it and smote the Philistine in his forehead that the stone sunk into his forehead and he fell upon his face. He fell upon his face to the earth. You know why I think the Bible tells us he fell on his face? It's like Jesus was trying to say, if you'll pick up the stone, then I'll humiliate the enemy. If you'll do what I've called you to do, I won't just bring you out. I won't just deliver you, but I will humiliate the very enemies of God. There's some devils in here. They walk kind of funny. They run kind of funny, and they laugh kind of funny. But I'm telling you something. They're going to fall kind of funny. They're going to fall right on their face. Jesus is about to humiliate the enemy. Jesus is about to humiliate. 
for me and my house. We will serve the Lord. In our own sight, we were as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. I wonder if somebody would just lift up your hands right now. We're about to open up this altar, but I'm about to pray the word of faith over you right now. The devil has been chasing you for so long. The devil has been laughing and mocking for, about you for so long. You ought to lift up your hands and shout the name of Jesus. You ought to lift up your hands and shout the name of Jesus until something begins to break. You ought to lift up your hands and shout. Come on, somebody's got to lift up their voice. Somebody's got to tell Goliath... These are the children of Israel. Hey, we are the children of Israel. He can't hear you. He's up there kind of high. You got to lift up your voice if he's going to hear you. Right, right now in the Holy Ghost, this altar is open. I wonder if you would make your way right now. You've been being chased by the devil. Go ahead and chase him. Go ahead and chase him. We're going to turn this altar. We're going to turn this altar right here into Canaan. And if you'll make your way in the spirit, you're telling the giants, fee, fi, fo, fum. The devil ain't got none if I've got his name. defy it in the name of Jesus Christ the devil's trying to hold somebody back right now and say that you're too small and you're too little and you're too insignificant it's not about your size it's about God's size and he's bigger than the giants and he's bigger than the devil and he's bigger than the demons if you'll just say I know who I am in Jesus Christ and I know if I'll lift up my voice and praise him that Jesus doesn't miss Come on, somebody shout, Jesus doesn't miss. All right, lift up your hands. Lift up the name of Jesus right now. God's about to fill somebody with the Holy Ghost. God's about to fill somebody. Hey! You've been chased for too long. You've been chased for too long. You ought to be the chaser. You ought to be the chaser. Jesus doesn't miss. Jesus doesn't miss. I don't care about the chance of the giants. You are the chanters of Israel. You are the chant of Israel. Jesus! Jesus! 